Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. All right, everyone. Um, Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Legacy Matters. Um, We are in the food building today, and uh, Kate was going to come co-host, but uh, she let me know that her car, her fancy, fancy car, decided that the world was ending today and would not start, so she didn't make it. So, uh, being that we're at the food building, and if you don't know the food building here in North Minneapolis, um, it is... Northeast. Northeast Minneapolis, excuse me. It is uh, home to... A bunch of different things, but it's Kieran's Kitchen, and Kieran Foliard is uh, kind of the leader of this cohort here. And Kieran, having been on the show in the past, has agreed to start the show off as a second co- a co-host, not a second co-host, just a co-host. co-host. Um, so we've got Kieran Foliard as uh, my co-host today, and we have a guest. Uh, hi, Kieran, by the way. Morning, Sam. How are you doing? <laughs> Morning. Nice to see you. Uh, nice to see you, too. Um, and our guest is John Hobday, who um, I know not very well at all. Yeah, really. Hey everybody. We've met. I'm here. <laughs> you made it's it. It's minus 18, and, you know. Yeah. But we're here. We're, we're, we're warm inside, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it is very cold. Mm-hmm. Very cold here today in Minnesota. So um, we, we've... Shied away from uh, dates and whatnot lately because the podcast, you know, could be three years before someone hears this. Well, it's not July, I can tell you that much. <laughs> no, it's certainly not. So uh, let's start off by uh, the, you know, our guest is John. So Kieran's got maybe 15 minutes to hang out with us. I'm going to let Kieran, since this is our first show in the food building, I'm going to let Kieran just briefly describe what, what you've got going on here at the food building. Well, we're basically doing here at Food Building what people were doing for thousands of years prior to industrialization of food. And so we work with probably about uh, close to 15 small farms here in Minnesota, and we get grain from them for Bakersfield flour and bread. We're stone milling grain in uh, Minneapolis for the first time in almost 100 years. Makes a huge difference to the quality of your your flour and ultimately then whatever you use the flour to make. Then we've got Red Table Meats uh, Company uh, with Mike Phillips. Uh, Mike and I started uh, Red Table, God, my seven, almost eight years ago now. And we take uh, our whole hog program Pigs, small farms here in Minnesota, barley-fed, hormone, antibiotic-free, and it's a salumiere making uh, salamis, hams, whole muscle cures, and then Alamar cheese, and milk from grass-fed cows year-round, and we make French-style soft cheeses. And the latest partnership we brought in here is Tres Leche, uh, fabulous uh, beverage fermentation, utilizing a lot of the byproducts from the building, the whey from the milk, uh, uh, bone marrow and meat scraps from Red Table, and also grain from Bakersfield. So we're basically fermentation, craft, 
and doing things how they should have been, uh, how they should be done, were done for thousands of years. <laughs> great, Jesus, that's a mouthful. I know you did great. You did great. I mean, and really then there's also Kieran's Kitchen where you where you serve. That's food. the factory shop, as I call it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a factory yep. shop and cafe. And uh, actually, we're going to change the name sometime here in the next month or two to just food building, uh, because that really is food building is the entity, and that's what we're about: building uh, great food products from fabulous. Um, raw ingredients from wonderful farmers here in Minnesota. Well, I can attest to the uh, quality of the products that come out of this place. Thank so. you. Yeah. Well, thanks, Kieran. Thanks. You're in. All right, now we got to get to John. And So, John, uh, welcome to the show. Thank and, you. And, yeah. Glad you could make it. Um, yeah, let's start with, uh, where are you from? Uh, I'm from the Twin Cities, southwest suburb called Shakopee. Yeah. Yeah. Shakopee is home to uh, Valley Fair, correct? Yep, Valley Fair, uh, a large uh, a casino, Mystic Lake, a horse race track, a, a, a Renaissance Fair, one of the larger in the country. Yep. Um, your, your podcast is national, right? I mean, I mean, I mean it's international, really. International, yeah. Right? So, yeah. Yep. yeah um, I believe uh, Earl's is out of Shakopee as well, is it not? Earl's is this like. Uh, if you take the opposite of what happens here at the food building, not to bag on Earl's, but they make the um, like cheese puffs and whatnot that are, are extremely bad for you. <laughs> so it's like exact, exact opposite. Didn't know Shakopee claimed Earl's. <laughs> I think so. I'm pretty sure they're from Shakopee. But um, yeah, and uh, so born and raised, you kind of yeah. And Shakopee's really grown. When I was when I was a kid, it was. 7,900 people farming community on the outskirts of the Twin Cities metro area and uh, it is a large thriving growing suburb 50,000 a lot of industrial base um, you know Amazon and Shutterfly and a lot of the big companies are have moved in so yeah it's kind of a, a different place um, exciting to see on the one hand and just really different to drive around. Um, I got off on uh, one of the highway exits that did not exist when I was a kid. Right. Hung a left. I had a little extra time. I was doing a little drive around town and I get to the top of the hill and where uh, where a classmate's farm used to sit was one of the largest assisted livings I've ever seen. I mean, just right there. So yeah, there's a lot of change that's going on. You know, that's uh, can be exciting and it can also be, you know, Kind of disheartening um, sometimes too, huh? Maybe for the older the older uh, people who have been around for a while, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in in Elk River. Oh, sure. So like kind of the same type of deal, o- yep. the opposite end of the city, right? Yeah. Yep. And same thing. It was a small, you know. I think there were ten thousand people in town yeah. when I graduated high school, and a lot of farms. And now it's a now fifty, it's sixty suburbia. thousand. Yeah, it, totally. Right. Yeah, way different place. Yeah. So things well, are going. Up. I'm going to be in your. Shakopee this afternoon. How are you? Where are you headed? I'm meeting with uh, Randy Samuelson, the uh, the owner of Canterbury Downs. Okay, how about yeah, that? Canterbury that's Park, I should Canterbury say. Canterbury Park, right. Yes, yeah, I'm great. out there at 2 o'clock today, and then I'll see what you've been describing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, is it, uh, I mean, would you say, does it have like a like a traditional downtown anymore, Shakopee? It does. You know, it was yeah. one of the early communities in, in Minnesota, I think, downtown dates to gosh i'm going to pick you know, uh, sorry good people of shockby 1867 i don't know yeah. long like you know not long for ireland kieran no, but no, you know no. uh pretty old for minnesota and uh, i think they've done a really nice job of keeping the downtown up um 
the highway that was rerouted south of town used to go on Main Street, so it was uh, dangerous to step foot into the crosswalk with 10,000 semis coming by mm-hmm. a day. But all that's gone, and, and downtown thrives. I mean, it's really it's, uh, it's a really cute little cute place. That's one of the things that I, I sort of hold as a marker for a, a decent town is that it has to have a little bit of an older downtown or something. Yeah. You know, um, I could be wrong, but I feel like Plymouth and Maple Grove and some of those places, I've never seen the downtown of those and I don't think it exists and that always kind of bothers me. Yeah. Whereas like um, Hopkins has a nice little downtown. Really cute. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I yeah, think actually Hopkins is where I live now, and one of the reasons I love oh. Hopkins is downtown reminds me of downtown Shakopee. Oh, there you go. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's where I lived when I came here for many, many years. My no kids kidding. all went to Catherine Kern School. It's closed sure. now, but uh, and then to Hopkins uh, Junior and High. Huh? How about uh, that? Go, go Royals. Yeah, <laughs> Catherine Kearns, is that a is that a um, it was an a Irish elementary school? Is that an Irish name? It <laughs> uh, might have been a nun. I don't know. <laughs> some some. Maybe out there knows exactly, but uh, I assume she was a teacher, an educator of some sort. Mm. You know, I see, I see. Yeah, so Hopkins, yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, do you? Uh, let's see. You were introduced to me through Pat Dillon. Through Pat, right? Yeah, yep. she's a neat lady. Mm-hmm. I like her. Um, but anyway, uh, do, what are you doing these days for? For living what's going on well, I mean, yeah i started a company 25 years ago and um i had one of the early programming degrees in the 80s i have a master's in education so i kind of put those two together and i do online training or online education for healthcare workers and my specialty area is alzheimer's and dementia care okay. so i'm training our our uh, you know hard to find staff in nursing home with COVID going on nursing home and assisted living home care workers hospital workers um and uh Maybe hospice workers will lump those all together um, in in the area of better care for people with Alzheimer's and dementia. So I've done it for 25 years, and uh, we we develop the programs, we sell the programs, uh, and it's become kind of a life passion. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, uh, I can't even imagine how challenging it is right now, uh, this past two years. I mean, identify the needs are probably greater, mm-hmm. uh, and the challenges to make it all kind of uh, work uh, have got to be enormous. We, we were chatting, you know, before the show started here about just the, uh, the isolation that we all feel. Imagine yourself in a nursing home. You know, you're uh, you're secluded to your room for. I think people were in their rooms for a year, couldn't leave, couldn't go into the hallway, couldn't go into yeah. the next building, oh, couldn't yeah. go outside. I mean, I think it's been extremely difficult. And you know, the staff members, those who did stay, because there was a mass exodus when when COVID started. Of you know, people worried about their own health um, going into a congregate setting like that. But the people who did stay are, you know, they're the angels. They're they're the ones who are, are they become the uh, the family and friends of the elders. We'll call them who are, who are in the nursing home and assisted livings or people going in to care for someone. Um, I was talking to my mom on the way down here, and uh, she's 82, lives with my stepdad, but in you know senior 55 plus residents and just how. You know, everyone she talks to is kind of afraid to go out outside with this. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel about it? I mean, I still feel awkward being around too many people. 
I feel awkward being around too many people as well, and yet, you know, I do go to the grocery store and go to the pharmacy, and I get out and I go for a walk, and I haven't been back to my gym yet that I kind of miss. But right. other than that, I, I've kind of proceeded more or less as normal um, as much as can be in, in stark contrast to a year ago when we were really all still in the shutdown phase. I do feel like as bad and as isolating as it currently is I just think back a year ago and things were worse I think for all of us you know or about to become uh, you know a oh, little bit they for but, sure were yeah yeah, yeah. pretty uh, bad uh, how up to date do you keep on developments and cures for uh, Alzheimer's yep I get the question a lot and what I would say is I'm on the education um, I'm on the education side trying to provide a better uh, approach we've developed this five-step method but I um, you know I'm in the conversation about medications so what I what I think I know you know from the medica what the caveat that I'm not uh, not on the science end is that there are been uh, you know over the past 10 years maybe a number of medications that will um, kind of help with the symptoms uh, you know, make you appear better on the outside a little bit, but doesn't really help with the progression. So telltale sign of Alzheimer's is um, slowly getting worse over time, progressive decline of memory and thinking, not just memory, but, you know, all the other areas of thinking that we rely upon, you know, our ability to calculate or follow a recipe or, you know, memory is, we all always think of it as memory, but it goes far beyond that in fact one of the uh one of the first signs to look for with a loved one if you're if you're kind of worried is uh finances and cooking so oh, you know sure. when you i mean karen you know at the restaurant when you're following a recipe it's so much of all of these things it's in a certain order you have to do this and let it sit for this long you know those are there's a lot of um there's just a lot of things to follow in a certain order and all of that starts to get lost so the and, process of of getting things done the process or you know um forgetting that um forgetting that this is supposed to sit for 10 minutes or three hours or in the refrigerator or whatever and it just you know what starts to happen is recipes that a person has made for a lifetime aren't turning out anymore phone numbers are forgotten you know um finances like uh you know uh mom used to balance the checkbook every you know month on the first and that you know all of a sudden the account is overdrawing or the credit cards are going haywire or you know so that's yeah, kind uh, of the whole not to make light yeah. of it and i'm yes. not but i've had challenges with all of those things all of those for many fine. many many years well, I, i'm giving <laughs> so, you the, the, the gold stamp of okayness yeah. no i think yeah. we're going to have to come up with a few different <laughs> different ones for me but i i can tell you just remembering just names at this stage of, uh, of people's names and so yeah. forth it's like oh my god it's shocking so just at the decline yeah i didn't want to make light of it either but the uh, balancing yeah. of checkbooks and the uh, keeping of finances not good. In, in context, though, you, got, you know, yeah. like in context of I've never balanced my checkbook. I look at my balance like my kids do. Yeah, you know, like, right. Look at the balance. Well, I have money, don't I? <laughs> and so as I do, you know, never having balance versus more the old time where you balance to the penny. You know, my own mother, you know, balance to the penny every month. And if you're off by a penny, you you search for it to make sure that you know exactly what's in there. So some of these. Well, pneumatic- I, yeah, I mean, you were you were using it as an analogy. As yeah, yeah, yeah. Understand. yeah, so things that that uh, maybe you've done all your life that you're very familiar with, you start to, to 
to struggle with those. Yeah, some yeah. struggles that so these medications kind of can help mask some of that, can make you seem better to the outside world. But you don't think they're actually improving? No, they, they do. They they make you appear better. They just don't halt the progression. What you know, ah, okay. 25 years ago when I got into this, I was working with the Department of Veterans Affairs, and we did this little chart that said currently it's just a free fall down over time. I mean, a free fall can be over 10 years. It doesn't have to be over, you know, two months or anything, but slow progression. We need something that will, like, halt. You know, you get 75% of the way down there, we catch it, you take a medication, and you stay at that level forevermore. You never get to the really bad, you know, final end stages. Um, and then, you know, oh, the, the dream is where cognition would improve a little bit. You know, sure. the next step in, in medication would be where you would actually regain some of what you've reverse, lost. Reverse. We're not even at that first step yet, yeah. 25 years. Later. I mean, we were wondering at the time, when will we have something that halts five years, 10 years? And here we are 25 years later. Yeah. So we're masking, which is yeah. better. I mean, if you have a loved one and you can mask some symptoms, that's what, hey, if dad seems better today, then, then yeah. what he has been, you know, like this whole good day, bad day here. She had such a good day, she had say, but then she had a bad day. Well, what if we had more good days? That's worth it right there, that in seems, my humble opinion. Yeah, right. yeah. You ever come across Dr. Uh, Riley McCartan? Of course. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, his sister and her husband are great friends of mine. In fact, I was texting with them this morning. Oh, but, how uh, about that? But he's, uh, he's a star down at the VA. Yeah. Riley and I worked together 25 years ago. Yes, and, you right. know, keeping contact. So, great guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Small he's made world. made so many contributions to the, yeah. to the field, for sure. Yeah, that's mm. terrific. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll, uh, I'll uh, pass on her regards. Yeah. And as an aside, my son is uh, in the electronic oh, EDM music oh. sphere, and so are his two. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so kind of a small world there as well. Oh, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah I've yet to see the band, but, um, but I've heard some of their work. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's you a different generation. That's exactly why we have these conversations. That's exactly well, because I mean, we all live in the same world, don't we? I mean, we're there's often more connection than we than we realize, and so you guys sit here for and sure. come up with a name that you both know and you know yeah. their kids and no, for sure. And James Nash, Dr. James Nash. I don't know if you know him. He's an Irish. He's at the University of Minnesota. He and his mm. wife are both the leading um, mm. Alzheimer's researchers mm. there at the U. Mm. He's from Ireland. He's from County Kerry. How about that? Yes. Well, yeah, hmm. He's been here a long time. What department sure. do you know? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm look yeah. him up. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Interesting. Hmm. Well, I hate to do it, but <clears throat> I know I've got to get you out of here by yes. 11. Yes. So we're going we're gonna to say goodbye to Kieran. Very good. Well, yeah. I will uh, say hello to everybody down in Shakopee that I run into this <laughs> afternoon. Say hi and, I'll, John. I'll, and I'll wave to Hopkins as I go down That's 169. It, right? and just say, oh, I remember when. <laughs> right? And here's the name, uh, Colin. Um, Dornan? Jamie yeah. Dorn. This is Jamie Dorn. Yeah, right. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, right, the Karen. Irish actor from Jamie Dorn from, uh, what is it? Uh, well, ask Colin if they're related. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Really nice to meet you. Lovely to meet yeah. you. Thanks. Sam, as always. Thanks, Karen. Always we'll take a little break. Now we'll come back. All right. Hello, Kate. Hey, Sam. Hey. Um, so we're in the middle, and, you know, we've got these advertisements. We have to put it in the middle. We sure do. Yep. And uh, this is a pre-recorded 
uh, break section that we do, but I can say this has definitely been one of the best shows we've ever recorded. For sure, right? And we want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, yes, we do. Thank, thanks for tuning in and uh, sticking with us through the, the middle here, and uh, we'll start the second half. We'll, we'll be right back. All right, I'm coming back. All right, John. So we are, we are back. Um, again, we're at the food building. Kieran had to take off, which leaves me in the position of, uh, this is a first for me, a solo interview. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for you. Sam, <laughs> yeah, you we'll got this. this <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, here, I'm going to turn his mic off. It's not that there's, uh, that it's a problem. Uh-oh. Technical malfunction here. There we go. Um, it's just that uh, we've got a we got a this is our opportunity to get to know each other and figure sure. out what's going on in life. So for sure, uh, I know you're from Shakopee. We learned that, and I yeah. know you're in the. Uh, so you, what you did kind of blended your technical background or tech background uh, yep. with with education yeah. to produce a product in that world yeah. so you're not are you like do you consider yourself a programmer or a technologist or yeah I, I uh i programmed for gosh 15 years i think and then um sorry yep That's and okay. then at this point i uh you know I, I consult that out to others so but yes i'm a technologist i'm also but i really consider myself more of an educator right because that's it feels like there's something at play between those two where you kind of are yep. more on the education side but you have a good grasp of yeah in, in the world of online training or on the what we think of as online training or online education education plays a huge role and um, there's a very specific position called an instructional designer and they are the person um, that would take you know they would say okay we're going to do a training on better food safety here at at uh, the food building at Kieran's and uh, they would interview all of the experts and uh, try to figure out who the audience will be for the final training product, and then put it together in an interesting way to, yeah. so there's this whole, like, you know, it's, it's just what I love about what I do, super creative. Yep. Um, I used to do all the programming myself, but like I say, yeah, so I had the technology background, so I can, you know, I, I have an idea of what's possible or what's gonna be more charming like anything else yep. you know anything's possible but at a price so how can we make <laughs> right. you know how can we get something that's fairly interesting for you know are the ways around it or whatever so um also we do quite a bit you know you're in the audio world here with the podcast mm -hmm. we do quite a bit um our goal is to do about half of each of our training programs in the form of video yep and our commitment for the past 25 years has been no actors and so I have, um, I have filmed in uh, 25 states around the country. And, you know, instead of uh, a, uh, a trained actor, you know, Hollywood or, um, you know, different, you know, I'm in nursing homes. So what I'm filming is the care of nursing home residents or assisted living or people at home or um, I'm thinking of a wife in San Diego who was caring for her husband at home and the challenges she was facing. But in a very similar way that you tell stories on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I tell stories through video, through the training. And, um, you know, I think we've all been through these uh, online training programs that are boring. Oh, it's they're awful. Are. They're, Some of them. That are awful. And we, uh, you know, and maybe this is the instructor, uh, instructional person in me or my background. Um, my goal has been, look, if 
they're boring as anything. No one's going to learn anything. I want to make sure if I get someone in a seat for an hour or two or four that they actually come away with the with the skill. Yeah, I worked at a boys' <clears throat> camp, and and part of the orientation process was training videos. You yeah, know, most of it was live in person. Sure, us we you know, it's it was a small place, so we all knew that routine well. But I'll tell you the the instructional videos were the worst part of the whole yeah. thing. I mean, they were so boring <laughs> and you could just see these 19 year olds, their eyes glazing over and like, whatever, fine. Yeah. But yeah, so you make, so you would record those with, with non-actors. We'd record with non-actors and importantly with um, real people um, with, with memory or cognitive decline yeah. and getting that all set up. I mean, finding a staff member that's willing to be filmed is a challenge. Getting a facility willing to let you in. Mm -hmm. They think you're CNN and you're going to expose, you know, right. all their something. <laughs> wrongdoings. But, and most difficult maybe is getting the family to agree to have their their you know mom dad husband wife grandma grandpa filmed um for educational purposes and through the through the great generosity of people around the country um many people do that but to put that in context you walk into a hundred bed unit a hundred bed nursing home in iowa let's say and you might have you know five families that agree so 10 families oh know. yeah totally i mean it's it's just a real gift and um you know a contribution yeah even getting people to come in and record a show with me yeah generally speaking um you know if you're if you're out selling yourself if you're a musician or something yes. like you'll come in no problem yeah right but getting i mean we had uh you know, this was a couple of years ago, but a few teachers and uh, Mari Frieslaven as a principal, like getting a regular person, Regu more doing regular a, persons. Yeah, exactly I, I you know, I hate right. using the well, word. I think but you know what I mean. Yeah, that's getting, not in the media realm. Yeah, yeah, that's not trying to sell themselves as something that yeah. you know, who's sort of um, maybe more humble about where they're at in life yeah. or something. To get yeah. them to come in and talk about what they do and and. It's a there's a vulnerability there that, that yeah. I can imagine you'd have a hard time with people in nursing homes and their families. Long-term care is uh, you know dominated by by women. I think mm. that's a fair statement. Yeah. And in in our filming, we really try to balance everything: diversity, gender, age, all the rest of it. And often, what we're looking for are males, men. Because my father's a male nurse, and I, at the time he became a male nurse, there just weren't any. There just weren't any. Yeah. yeah. So I myself get dragged in on occasion. There's usually a, you know a cameo in every one of the programs where I'm not trying to insert myself but literally we have no men right and we need we need a guy to be doing something and so i'll i'll be dragged in but i'm even you know i operate in this so to your point about the people you oh, interview, the, being kind of camera. the regular the, the regular people but um yeah even when you're involved it's not you know i i just wonder sometimes the hollywood actors are any of them nervous or are they all just like right is it just super, super easy to them super easy well yeah, yeah i do wonder that when i watch well, you know, different programs. when you talk about the educational component of what you're doing, like that makes me uncomfortable mm -hmm. because I love, like I loved working with kids forever, mm -hmm. but I would watch the people who actually, you know, were educators, mm -hmm. were going to school to become teachers mm -hmm. or already were. That skill, it's, it's amazing what people who learn that skill, it, you know, something you can talk about easily and it seems to come naturally to you. To mm -hmm. me, it's like, oh my God, I'm glad I don't have to do that. Right. To, well, you know, we all have our own, you know, skills and what everyone. we do and what, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know if, you know, 
that's a good question. Do actors, are, are they nervous or, or were they born just with the lack of ability to be nervous about something like that? Sure. Who knows? Um, hey, you mentioned the boys camp. The yeah. Ch- the boys oh, God, or I, I kids, camp, kids yeah. or just boys? Yeah. Yeah, it was just an all-boys camp. Yeah. yeah, where was it? And tell me about uh, that. That's uh, it was up in Cass Lake, Minnesota, and uh, northern part of the state. Northern part of the state. We've I've interviewed. I've talked about it a lot on the show, mm-hmm. and I've interviewed um, several camp directors that I knew over the years. But um, yeah, just a very traditional, you know, seventy-five or so kids every each of two sessions each mm-hmm. summer. So one hundred fifty kids a summer, um, and. You know, just a, a like the most idyllic, beautiful, wonderful thing a kid could possibly imagine out mm-hmm. of life. I'm, there were kids who did not like it, mm-hmm. but that was rare, mm-hmm. um, and they usually came around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that was a that was a big part of my life. I was there fifteen plus summers, and I guided canoe trips up to Hudson Bay, and I you know just spent a lot of time in that setting. But that's only three months out of the year, or two months. Out of the you year. guided canoe trips. At Hudson Bay or to Hudson Bay? To Hudson Bay. On rivers? or t- yeah. Tell me about that. Meaning, uh, like, there's a couple of different ways you can get to Hudson Bay. You can, you can um, put in, you know, on the Red River or something like that. Red River like of that. the North? Yeah. Yep, through Fargo. And- yep, and you can head up that direction and uh, Lake Winnipeg and then out, you know, a couple of different rivers that'll take you up. The uh, Hayes is, is one of those. I did take that trip. Um, but usually you're, you're wanting to be farther north than that, so you, um, you drive to the end of the earth, Thompson, Manitoba, mm-hmm. and then uh, take a float plane for maybe you know an hour to four hours, depending on where you're going, and then mm-hmm. you paddle for 500 miles and you're at the bay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, then you... what, what's, the, uh, what's the book whose title I can't remember? is like set in the 20s. Canoeing couple... with the Cree. God. Such a good book. Yeah. Well, that's funny you bring that up because uh, so canoeing with the Cree is yeah set from they set out from Minneapolis mm-hmm. and went up the Minnesota River and then in like nineteen in the twenties one or something yeah, yeah something yeah and then um, oh god um, is, was that Severide I think so mm-hmm. um, let's say yeah I think that's right and and you know a little before my time but a famous journalist mm-hmm. here from Minneapolis. Um, I should know all of this stuff because then we had we had John Lurie on the show and John Lurie's claim to fame or whatever one of the things that he's done in life is he rewrote that book uh, and and his version of it is canoeing with Jose where he takes a Native American kid from the community that he knows Hmm. and he retraced that route Hmm. um, and sort of did justice to some of the things that um, a, you know a twenty-year-old kid in nineteen twenty mm-hmm. would have. They would have had a very different worldview of Native Americans or For Indigenous sure. people. Yeah, and and so I don't know that it was you know there was any sort of intentional bigotry or racism going mm-hmm. on there in the in the first version mm-hmm. of it. But uh, John Lurie's book kind of, I, I was a great book. I I read it so. I, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd recommend it. So yeah, that's uh Yeah, I'm in the middle of just uh it's called um The Heartbeat of Wounded Knee. Okay. Just nope. Just come out. It's um it has really I think expanded 
it's sort of a history of Native American um, nations from about 1840 through present day. And um, two things that I'm not nah, about a third of the way through, two things that I am loving about it. Number one, it has absolutely expanded my understanding of how many and how diverse the communities were, the, the nations were in, in, in the U.S. and Canada. And number two, it positions the book as, you know, this is the history, and instead of um, maybe some of the more negative portrayals, it positions it for, uh, you know, positivity into the future. So I am yeah. loving this this book, well, not having gotten to Wounded Knee at the battle. So Sure. Yeah, yeah so we're working with, uh, on the digital side, the, we're working with Bradley Harrington, who's a member of the Malax band mm -hmm. of Ojibwe. But um, through that friendship and that partnership, uh, I have like you grew up probably similarly to what I learned as a kid. Like we did, no one talked about the Native Americans. Mm -hmm. No one talked about the indigenous people. No one talked about the land that we lived on. I didn't do a land acknowledgement on this show. I, I'm not. I'm not yet. I feel like a. Uh, not an interloper, but like a poser or whatever. What's the word I'm looking for? When you, I, I don't, I want to know sincerely how to acknowledge things. Mm -hmm. I, I need someone to guide me there, mm -hmm. and Brad's helping me with that. Mm -hmm. But, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, Brad, uh, you know, through that relationship, we are, we are. I'm learning so much more about the indigenous world around us and the the native cultures that we learn nothing about as kids. Mm -hmm. So little. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I assume that's the way it was in Shakopee. Well, Shakopee um, was uh, the name. He was a yeah. Native American chief. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Shakopee Medwakanton Sioux community is uh, in the neighboring town of Prior Lake, but it was in the Shakopee School District. Yep. So we had oh, I don't know how many uh, how many classmates that um, were from that community, and that's a, a small community. Um, Gosh, I think fewer than 300, or, or maybe At that was time. during my like time, maybe 600 or 600 more, but, yep. but not, not tens of thousands or anything no, like some of the no, others, no. so smaller. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I grew up knowing that, uh, you know, the town was named after a chief, yep. and that there was, uh, you know, um, uh, native history in our area, and that there were kids from the, the local um, tribal nation that went to school with us. But that's about where it that, stopped. Even growing up in a community that was so, um, you know, even in our city park years later, there were these hills. Well, it turns out there are burial mounds, right. which are now protected. But when we were kids, were, were not. They were just hills at the local park. Yeah. No idea that they were, you know, a burial site. So, I mean, we were literally living on, um, you know, uh, on on tribal sacred land, we'll call it. And without any, like, I just can't think of much, much in the schools, K-12, that ever really touched on it, you know? No, I mean, I think, I think it was, you know, maybe a day's worth of sort of, hey, this is what happened, yeah. and here's the pilgrims, yeah. and then the, there's the natives, and here's what happened. Yeah. That was about it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, I, it, which is not the way it's being taught now, which is great. And I think, you know, you said something about the positivity of the future, um, you know, one of the things that Brad and I talk about regularly is sort of digital sovereignty for tribal nations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of what we're building is sort of like their own private Facebook, but with 
with utility built into it for yeah. them, right? And and because otherwise, you know, when they're trying to get the message out and they're using Facebook to do it, like what's what's Facebook taking from you, right? Or in, you know, what are the big social medias taking from you? when you can have your own, you can run your own right. and, and then you get control over it. Um, yeah, yeah it, it just, the idea of, well, Brad's really just a, a great person and a very positive person. Yeah, if he's ever down here, would love to meet him and chat and. Yeah, and I think that, you know, but the, one of the messages that I love from him is like, no, we're, you know, we're, I'm not upset with you for not knowing this stuff. Mm -hmm. We're just moving forward. You're going to learn some of it. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're we're changing our future mm -hmm. for our future ancestors, which mm -hmm. I love that thought. So, I'm a, well, I'm a super huge, massive um, Star Trek fan. Oh, really? <laughs> and uh, Patrick Stewart, you know, ca Captain. So that version. Picard, so yeah, that, it was the the, the uh, next the, generation. The next generation out in the '90s. There's an episode where um, they, they run into uh, a, a, a group of natives who trace the, the captain's personal ancestry back to an offense seven generations in the past. Okay. And they tell him how the decision that he's making today can either reaffirm seven generations of, of, of stain, we'll say, on his family, or it can resolve it. And it's an interesting concept that's kind of stuck with me, like what, you know. God, you're gonna make me, I, I get teary when I, but I think that's true. I think that when trauma happens, we all live with it. We, yeah. It's not just the people who it was perpetrated against, it's the people who did it, because the doing of it, and their, the, and their lineage, the doing of it is a, is is something one that, thing. a stain that, stays yeah. with you too yeah so. and, and you know we, I, I, I i'm not responsible for the i'm not responsible for the um sins of past generations no of i'll course just not. put it that way i mean you know um my great grandparents were i'm sure uh that had certain views that i do not share let's yeah. just say say that for way. sure but is there is there something that i'm just really interested in your front like is there something that could be done now that can like bring peace to or start to bring some peace to some of that so you know, it's an interesting concept i think i mean i personally think yes there is mm -hmm. i think if you want to you know if you want a better future and and if you want to i sort of feel like the while i'm not personally responsible i don't know anyone in my family who was personally responsible mm -hmm. for things whatever but that doesn't mean that i can't be a part of the the healing that still that needs to happen. Needs to happen moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. For I mean, sure. I, we've learned a lot about the uh, the Indian boarding schools that I had. You know, that's something they could have taught us. And it's my current chapter in the book. Is it? <laughs> it yeah. Is. Yeah. Yeah. That's something they could have let us know happened or something yeah. in in high school, but they never did. And um, you know, as a parent myself, the idea of someone coming and taking my kids away, like, yeah, it's just outrageous. It's, yeah. So. The author positions of this uh, of this book positions that um, entire history as um, un initially put together with the best of intentions and may have been, but went horribly wrong. Yeah. But um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know the intentions of the of the folks that did that, and I would like to believe that people were trying to do good things. And, yeah. You know, but I think we often interject ourselves into things where um, you know we, we we're not actually helping people we're harming them so big time yeah yeah well interesting uh interesting path uh, yeah aside there <laughs> yeah yeah so what uh what do you do for fun these days What's, uh... 
I, um, you know, we were talking in the break just about like, you know, growing up and things that we did and what I do for fun today is something I kind of grew up. I grew up going to um, a lake cabin, Minnesota, of course, home of, I, you know, the motto is 10,000 lakes, but I think we number in the 16,000 16, lakes. They're everywhere. And I grew up going to uh, uh, my uncle's cabin up um, near St. John's University, oh, St. Cloud, yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. Yep. A couple of miles. Which up. lake? Uh, big Watab? Yeah, I know Watab. Do you? Big Watab. That big yeah. Watab? Yeah, yeah. I, I fish Little Watab. Isn't there a Little Watab? There's a Little Watab. Yeah, so, Little yeah. Watab's got trout in it. Yeah. Big Watab does too, or no? Big Watab now does, didn't when I was growing up. Okay. But yeah, now yeah. I think it's, it's stock. But uh, yeah, I just grew up with a love for oh, God, swimming and water area. skiing and just, you know, hanging out outside. And I have my own um, cabin today that feels a little um, different in that it's... You know, Minneapolis is fairly north in the country, and the cabin is six hours further north. So right. I'm miles away from the Canadian border on the Minnesota side in a small lake in the uh, Grand Portage um, yeah. National Forest. Yeah. So uh, very peaceful, no water skiing happening on that lake. <laughs> no. You know, just <laughs> is a it different, part of the BWCA? It's, more of a, um, it's not by three, by three miles. Okay. So it's just outside. And, you know, so there could be motorized boats on it, but it's there are there are motorized okay. boats. Okay. Yep. yep, there are motorized boats, but there's under it's uh, it's um, there are underwater rock mountains. I'll call yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. That like if you took a spill water skiing, you would be you would. I mean, some of the some of the areas are just inches under the water. I know exactly what you're talking about. If you smashed your head on, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, being up and and, yeah. uh, and doing rainy trips. Rainy there. Lake. I spent a lot of time on rainy. Rainy's yeah. the same. You you can be traveling along, you're in 50, 60 feet of water, and then you're beached on an <laughs> yeah, island. Yeah, that's exactly know? it. Of yeah. solid rock. Yep, 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 yep. That's it. So, yeah, really interesting part of the country. It's uh, you know, um, there's still a moose population. I'm just blessed to see about two or three moose a year in the wild which are awesome um it's wolf country it's bear country i see fewer of those bears are um people are afraid of them but the black bear of northern minnesota are they you know clap your hands harmless and they'll go the wolves do freak me out a little bit now my neighbors up there tell me oh they're not interested in you they're not yes they're they're not and and you know what i love about not love this is the uh sarcastic love uh when so people hunt bear and and they want to hunt wolves and yep. stuff and that's you know i i won't get into the politics of that yeah, yeah. i'll yep. leave that for the world to decide but but uh the bear hunters that i know you know they they ask the local donut shop for all their spare donuts and then they go out and they put a pile of donuts out and these innocent bear come out there and eat the donuts but then when they get it mounted it's always Right. Rawr! Yeah. Super ferocious. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't see my face. Yeah, I never thought about that. That's, that's oh, funny. yeah. They're, yeah. I mean, black bears, uh, while, you know, I've seen a few in the wild and it'll scare you, hmm. but they're not after you. No. They're after your donuts, really. Yeah, They're after right. the thing in your, yeah. you know, in your pack or your wanigan or your cooler. Yes, they always say if it's springtime and you run into a, 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 you know, mama bear with a couple of cubs. Yeah, be careful. Beware. Yeah, because they're, you know, that goes into protective mode. But usually. Um, you know, if you're lucky enough to see one in the wild, right? You know, they're pretty elusive. So yeah, and they're fast. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've seen. Well, I've paddled a lot of miles of mm-hmm. Canadian wilderness. Mm-hmm. So I've seen plenty of bear that gave us enough time to sit and watch them. Yes. Um, but then, but in Minnesota, it's usually just a black blur. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, there it is. Oh, God, let yeah. you see the bear. There it's gone. We go. Yeah. 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 
Um, wolves are cool too. I've seen a few few wolves in the wild, but man, that's a rare treat, isn't it? I was driving out of my road. Oh, God, I have a. It's an old forest road that is the last two miles before I get to my place. I was driving out was a good 10 years ago, got to the bottom of the hill, and there was the largest wolf. I mean, the back of the wolf was as high as the... Yeah, they're huge. At, as high as the, the hood of my car. Yeah. And he just walked right across, and he plopped himself down in the sun, and he sat, I stopped the car, and... Really? Uh, my friend Greta was with me that weekend, and Greta and I sat there and watched him for 20 minutes. Oh, we yeah. We just stood there, you know tongue hanging out just like a you know large dog would and, <laughs> right. or any dog would and yeah yeah really a really a treat oh so, that's that's very cool yeah, well that's uh nice part of the world i've been through uh you know thunder bay several times sure. so i've been up through your area that's gorgeous up there no oh, thank you Thanks. yeah 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 but you but yeah, that's where that's you spend a, that's where i spend yeah that's, no yeah, wonder up and back a lot yeah yeah, yeah so. it is a haul i mean it's six hours but it is, but yeah. do you do you find that really? I like I like a long drive. I like to drive. I mean, I unlike most, really enjoy driving. So I'll work Thursdays in the summer, like between May and October, work uh, Thursdays until um, you know whatever five six. And then I try to leave kind of after rush hour to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the past year or two here with COVID has been easier because fewer people have been on the road. Right. But in general, um, you know, I leave at seven. I get up there. 12.30 or 1 in the morning. doesn't matter. I wake up and I'm just up there. And I find that if I leave, you know, I can get up at 5 in the morning and I can try to leave Friday morning first thing. And then I get up there and I'm exhausted. And then I take a nap and then it's time for dinner. I feel like I've wasted my whole day. So so do you do you spend a lot of time alone up there? Uh, you, you know, no. Okay. Like, no, well, I'm curious yeah. <laughs> because some people... Some people love the solitude of that type of an area oh, oh, no, all I, by themselves. Oh, I do. Yes. I, I like the solitude of being there by myself. You do? Y- yes. And, uh, and uh, you know, the joke goes, is the, is, the, uh, is the online reservation system open yet for next summer? Right. So, you know, I have, as, as people in my life, um, siblings and friends and friends from high school and... Uh, you know, Everyone wants mom. to join you for the Everyone, weekend. Well, yeah, you know what happens is it takes people a while to, gosh, it's so long. Yeah. Well, then once they're there, mm-hmm. then they're hooked. Then, you know, well, when can we come up next weekend or next year? You yeah. Know? And so then it, uh, yeah, I think between May and October, I'm up on the majority of weekends and I might have one or two by myself. So when I do okay. have a weekend to myself, I'm, that's, so that's you, good. You like it's, the, the It's a John weekend. Yeah. 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 It's just nice. Yeah. yeah. I've always had, a, like... I've always had a little bit of a hard time spending too much time alone in mm-hmm. those settings for some reason. It yeah. gives me this sort of melancholy. Yeah. No, um, I don't have that problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think a lot of people don't. And then, and it's not that like I, I have to be around people. Um, it's just that those I've, because I've spent so much time in the wilderness, people have asked me, like, you know, could you go on one of those shows, like, alone or something? Yeah, like about, that? right. No, yeah, no, absolutely right. not. Yeah. I, I can't. I, I start thinking about things, and I miss people, and I can't do it. Yeah. So. No, I couldn't. Many people ask me, could, you know, are you going to ever live there permanently, mm-hmm. you know, after, after retirement at some point? And, you know, the answer to that for me is I love time alone. I love being up there. I, you know, I, I hope it's with me for as many years as I'm on this earth. And I like people. 
Right. And I like my friends and my family and my kids. And, you know, I want to be down here in the city. I like going out to eat. I like doing activities. I like going to a movie. You know, all of that is, it's just different. So it's You need a it's, mix. It's a lovely, lovely balance. And it's just so darn quiet. What Do you I have a notice, community up there? Yeah. Like, this, sure. do you know the other people of around course. on the lake? Yeah. yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's a lot of fun. So that's what you do. That's what yeah, you do for that's, fun. And then I'm a big traveler. I've traveled all around the world. And uh, I lived abroad after high school. I was an exchange student with the Rotary Club. Okay. God, that's so, old school. Yeah. I lived with two families. I was there five Where? days short of an entire Oaxaca, Mexico. Okay. It's about halfway between Mexico City and the Guatemalan border. So really far south. Yep. And, um, yeah, I'm still, I have a WhatsApp <laughs> group chat with uh, my high school classmates. So I graduated from Shakby. Yep. And then I did this exchange year. So I, I did a gap year, essentially. Sure. But uh, with the Rotary program, um, unlike study abroad where, you know, you're there with other um, American students in a dorm, we'll say, and maybe a two-week homestay. Yep. This was, you're with families. I mean, you know, day one, I had... Five siblings um, in this family, and mom and dad, and one of them spoke English. And I mean, you know, and <laughs> yeah. didn't really want to. And so, <laughs> right. uh, well, was was great. But I mean, you know, if I wanted to communicate with my host mom or if I wanted something to eat in the morning, like it was in Spanish. You, you had know, to learn. It, you yeah. learned. Yeah. Yeah. I I uh, did not study abroad. I or or do an exchange I met yep. a German girl and I went and lived with her and her family oh, yeah. yeah no so that's uh, I yes. dropped out of college for the second time all right yep. and went and lived in Germany and uh you know the first week or so um you know every all the Germans learn English but yes. they don't speak English yep many of them yep um so you know Micah did and then um her her brothers did a little bit but what ended up happening was once after the first week and, and everyone's the novelty of me being there mm -hmm. kind of wears off, uh, they all went to work and I was at home with Gertrude mm. and she just, she just taught me German, German. She'd, That's awesome. She'd bang on the table and she'd say Tish. Yeah, yeah, tish. Right. <laughs> I'm like, fine, Tish, fine, you know, tish. And I, <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah. I think. No. So you had the exchange program. You didn't have a formalized exchange, but you, you lived the experience of an exchange. And that experience of being somewhere where, sure, maybe someone speaks a little English, but they're like, no, you're not speaking English. You're speaking, yep. you know, that's, that's unique. I, so you picked up Spanish, I assume, quite well then? Quite well. Yep. Came back, majored in it, um, taught it in middle school and high school for oh, yeah. a number of years before I'm doing what I'm currently doing. So God, uh, you're not that old. Like, how do people live so many lives in one life? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he just mouthed at me that he's old. old. Not that old. Uh, no, it's uh, it's. There's just. Uh, I mean, the yeah, I mean, what I would say to that, um, Sam, is you know, do what you like and let life take you. You know, like I, uh, I've had friends who have been very successful. They they had their career. They went to school for their career. They. They they knew what they wanted to do and they did it their whole career and they they you know that was that was it one thing but I would encourage people if that's not your path or if that's not your kid's path <laughs> that's me <laughs> but yeah. but go with it you know like if at, I remember at one point early in my life I I said to myself oh well if I do something different every year for yeah a career or every two years for a career that'll be great and then one day I landed on this and 25 years have flown by you know like right. because. I love it. I love what I do. It's interesting and all the rest. So 
But I, I just think this is a foreign concept to some older people. I think it's a really, um, I, I think it's just more and more normal for younger generations. My, my, my kids are in their 20s and I, they would talk that they can just, you know, this idea of staying in one position for your whole life. I, I think it's, they don't almost even understand. Almost been obliterated. They don't even understand it. No. Yeah. It, yeah. Right. Like it's almost annihilated. I, yeah. in a certain way. But there are, you know, there are always going to be those people. And I, I think when I was younger, I was sort of envious of the per- person who like laser focused. I know what I want to do yeah. and I'm going to get this job and then I'm going to be happy doing that. And they did. And they did. And they were happy. And I was yes. like, holy shit, how does that work? Yeah. Cause no. I never knew. Yeah. No, me either. Yep. Yeah. I had, a, I had a million different things that I'm like, Oh, but I'd like to get, I'd like to get relatively good at this yeah. or relatively good at that. Like I don't necessarily want to be an expert at any one of these things, but I want to learn about this and then I can learn about this other thing. Mm-hmm. And anyway, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, I don't know. I, I, do you, I usually ask people, I think we can, you know, we've put in a good, good amount of time. Sure. Here. Unless you want to keep talking, we could go have lunch. At, yeah. Let's think, do it. That was the whole point, right? <laughs> right. Coming to the food. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was eyeing the baked products on the way in. I mean, it was, yeah, it's all right. great. They, yeah. There's really good stuff here. So um, this is a, I like this new idea of doing these shows out of the space because it's, it's beautiful, and then we can. Uh, it's like, you know, what was it? Dinner and a lunch? No, lunch and a show. Lunch, lunch and, and a show, show, right? Dinner and a lunch. That doesn't make sense. Uh, lunch and a show. Oh, like that, that sounds good too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I usually ask people, you know, because, like I said, it, getting people in to do the show, um, typically, if they've got something that they're wanting to promote, that's who comes in. So, you know, I ask people if they've got anything they'd like to plug or anything they'd like to leave our listeners with, but uh, let's do that with you. Yeah, sure. I mean, I would, if you don't mind me plugging my uh, my family program for uh, no, dementia caregivers. So, yeah, so we have a we have a program, uh, 49 bucks. It's um, uh, a four-module training program for people who have someone in their life who might be experiencing um, some memory cognitive issues. So... Uh, for certain people, that's a husband or a wife or a partner. For other people, that's a parent or maybe a grandparent. But um, I've had people go through this program and just have night and day um, changes with the frustration and the sadness and the, just by learning. Um, you know, I'm an educator, so for me, yeah, m- knowledge is you know the the old the old phrase knowledge is power. But you know if you know some things about it, you can really lessen um, lessen the impact of this disease. At if it if it's currently affecting you or or uh, some people in your life. So um, it, often people go through it kind of after the fact. Like okay, mom's in the hospital now. I have time to go through the program, and they all say over and over. I've heard it. So many times over the years, if I had had this two years ago, the amount right. of stress it would have saved me. But it's really hard. I mean, I, what I've come to kind of recognize is people are in crisis, families are in crisis, and it's you know the last thing you think you want or you think you have the time right. for is a, a training video. educational program, right? You know, yeah. right? right. So, but if people are interested, our, our program is called Cares C A R E S. Okay. So CaresProgram.com. And there's a big old family button, and click on it, and there you go. So thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I think that <laughs> isn't it always the case that you know we, when you find out there's bad news or you're in crisis of some sort, like like that's when you try and consume all of the 
information but then you go and you look at the world and it's like mm -hmm. who's selling what there's everything everything right. is everywhere yeah. and you can't make sense of any of it all but um yeah i mean i think half the battle is is getting over the fear of the unknown i'm not talking specifically yes. about yeah about, for sure but anything that's that's causing you problems like that like just finding good resources to at least learn about what you're in for is and, and it's so important. it's hard, especially with Alzheimer's. And I mean, if you put in like, uh, you know, Alzheimer's strategies into Google, you'll get 100 million hits. So I think Google's oversaturated with stuff like that. Where do you go or where do you what do you know? What like what do you pick or whatever? So, um, you know, if the idea of uh, not to plug my product again, but if the idea of like learning through examples and video and stories of people like, you know, this wife in San Diego caring for her husband and she, she has this great quote just as an example. Mm -hmm. She said, you know, I, I think of I think of Alzheimer's as hiccups. There are these hiccups in his life, things that used to go OK that are now, you know, he can't find the word. He can't cut the uh, the um, they had a garden back and they would cut these flowers in the yard. He can't do that without my direction. All of these things, just these hiccups, these disruptions in your life. Well, that's a great metaphor for anything, not right. just Alzheimer's. Right. I mean, that can be a, a, you know, a health condition or a, a you know, personal problem with your partner or your kid or just any a coworker I mean, or anything, you know? Yeah, my so. father was, was diagnosed with uh, multiple myeloma this year, blood, blood cancer, and he's fine, you know, he's... <laughs> I mean, and my mother had had breast cancer which is like breast cancer at least uh as as bad as it is and um i'm not making light of it but there right. is a ton of information it's been it's all there's a lot of information out there about it yeah um, and there there again like how do you know what kind of what source to what's us to go to you know yeah i mean so. the, it's the i don't know finding reasonable uh, sources for information within your community. This is all stuff that I, I think about all the time, yeah. just because I, I think people we're we're awash with well misinformation and mm -hmm. and all sorts of other things, mm -hmm. and then um, you know sort of easily distracted from being able to find the resources that might exist right around you, mm -hmm. because uh, in part because we carry around these the devices with computers uh, you know, with us all day yeah, that, you know. right yeah <laughs> yeah i know but are you ready for the little chip right inside your forehead where right the google lady will uh, just be there with you god it's coming not. i know i, I know, know you're I know. gonna get it's one coming it's all I, coming. I know you will i think i'll <laughs> i think i'll be able to avoid it but i do worry not worry i i marvel it, it like i'm a father of uh, you know 14 12 and a five-year-old right mm -hmm. and i and there's been it's been said to me that you know like maybe maybe my five-year-old will never never actually drive a car or something mm. like i we can get into the argument of whether cars oh, are going to drive autonomous or not but i do think you know if if the changes i've seen since like my earliest memories would be the late 70s mm -hmm. if the changes i've seen from the late 70s to now are, insane. are yeah. exponentially growing because technology is an exponential mm -hmm. growth mm -hmm. medium. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, I cannot for the life of me imagine what these kids are going to see in their lifetimes. Right. Even years yeah. in their 20s. I right. mean, they're, those are full digital kids. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has no. been a ton of fun. Um, my my one last question sure. uh, that I had that popped up was like, what percentage of people end up with Alzheimer's? Just just out of curiosity. 
Um, it's, you know, the, the number one risk factor is simply age. So, yeah. you know, we all want to live longer. I want to live longer. I sure. mean, I think generally people, um, not everyone, people would say, well, I, I, I don't want to live to be 90 or 100 if I'm going to lose my faculties. Of course not. Nobody right. does. Right. But if you can live healthily that, you know, most people would kind of want to strive. And yet old age is by the time you're 85, I think uh, Alzheimer's Association quotes 50 percent. Uh, you know, probability of, of some level of, of cognitive decline. So if okay. you live to be 85, so, you know, those numbers are far. Yeah, I mean, of far. course, it's going to be different right. through different ages. But, but yeah, over so, so over 85, the Alzheimer's Association is saying roughly 50%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Curious. All right. Well, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the show, and I hope you got something out of it, John. For sure. Thank you so much for coming in. Really um, fun. Yeah, so visit uh, visit the food building. You'll enjoy it, I promise. And uh, don't forget to do whatever you're supposed to do on the social stuff, <laughs> liking, mm-hmm. commenting, whatever you do. Thanks, thanks a lot for joining. Thanks, Sam. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care.